Hey, Steph. What are you drinking? Hey. I'm drinking um, seltzer water. What are you drinking? I'm drinking coffee. Uh, I got this coffee from Dragonfly Coffee Roasters, which you can use the code GGFN10 for 10% off all products. Isn't and it's Dragonfly like the N. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Huh. Well, let's get on with the show. La, 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 Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How's the weather? You're right. It is beautiful. It's 76, and I've been spending a lot of time outside. And it's nice. It's wonderful. How about, yeah. Is it in the 50s there still? uh yeah probably yeah let me check yeah it's 53 degrees fahrenheit which is probably around like You're wearing your shorts 14 degrees celsius yeah yeah i was wearing shorts today which was it started raining and i was stuck outside with shorts on which felt like a bad idea but whatever i just live oh. with it sometimes so but you made it through you're here yeah exactly well i was doing some gardening and then started raining and i was wearing the shorts and i'm like you know what? i'm just gonna commit to this i'm wearing the shorts i'm not gonna take i'm gonna go in and change into pants just to finish my gardening, gardening. Right. sorry how's your gardening coming along oh it's going pretty well i was just basically getting rid of most of the fall stuff probably i just emptied out the potters for because nothing really much to do during the winter i might do a few bulbs but stuff like oh like let them be dormant until spring yeah that's what i done before and it worked out pretty well so i haven't done that yet i just emptied out all the potters i had and everything so they're all empty and Mm -hmm. so i might go grab some bulbs i've become a bit of an aficionado of gardening in the last few years especially with covid it's kind of just become like a new hobby to just kind of like go to a store and be like hey what kind of trees or shrubs or whatever can i buy Mm -hmm. it's kind of fun in a way so and it's very relaxing i find yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, we have a butterfly garden, vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you grow any vegetables? Have you done that in the past? Yeah, uh, I have like a section which I have for like vegetables and stuff, like garlic and ginger and other stuff. Yeah. I grow ginger too. We should exchange ginger through the mail. Yeah, I don't know if it would last that long, but we could try. <laughs> By the time my, my my ginger knob would get to you, it would just be like rotted gross like shrivel yeah yeah it's not like those ones with the pesticides the seasons probably are yeah they'd they'd probably be like the organic stuff you buy where after like two days it's just done but yeah it was a nice friendship thought but yeah i'm gonna send you moldy ginger knobs you're like oh thanks kurt that was great the the smell of of moldy ginger is just wafts throughout the house nom nom yeah yeah um but, uh, you know, like the the face I'd make if I realized I got sent moldy ginger, Luke makes a face when he sees 
someone's face because it's the 20th episode of season four called Luke can see her face. This includes food. Sorry? So, you know, it was a segue. The, st- the talk about Ginger segues into Sookie talking about food and them laying with the zucchini overnight. Yeah. Yeah, which was kind of funny because I think there was like a part where they kept repeating it. And I think it started to get a little annoying. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I think like Michelle's like, did you not hear her? She said, like, sleeping right. with the zucchini, like, get with the program. Right. I noticed that Michelle like speaks for the audience a lot. Yeah. You know, like he's sitting on the floor and he's just like, where's my desk? And I was like, thank you, Michelle. I was wondering yeah. where your desk was. Yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody, it's like before they start, he's just like, why doesn't Michelle have a desk? I'm going to put in a line about him not having a desk. That makes a lot right. of sense. Right. And then we don't even know if he's getting paid now. Because remember, he wasn't getting paid in the beginning? So well, presumably they haven't brought in any guests yet, so they don't have any income coming in. Although they did get yeah. that money from Luke, so I'm sure they're, I'm, I'm guessing they're probably oh, giving him some of that, probably. Yeah. Because I know part of that went to Tom, right? To pay for the yeah. construction or yeah. something. But yeah. Uh, let's let's assume that they're paying Michelle. Yeah. Nice. I'm assuming at this point they're probably paying him. Because, I mean, they're they're getting very close to opening. So. Mm-hmm. And they have their first reservation, right? Yeah. Because didn't they have a reservation a while back? Yeah. yeah I don't know they... what that was for. But, I mean, and Michelle not only wants a desk and a chair, he's also like, where's my bell? He wants you know, a bell. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have big demands. No, he's pretty standard. He seems very snobby or snobby, but he's also very like simple in a lot of ways. He just needs the he bell is, and I the think desk. He's very loyal to the girls. Hmm? He is very loyal. Yeah. Um, Even though he'll complain, he's yeah. still, you know, he didn't have to work for free because stayed working at his job right where he saw Celine Dion. Right. So. Yeah. That was obviously yeah, the, the, the more glamorous job, although he didn't like it because he didn't seem to just jive with it like he did with the others. Right. So. Right. But uh, boy, a lot happens in this episode. Like, I don't know. I was writing notes because I've been kind of like stopping to rely on the synopses that the wikis give because they don't always cover everything. So I just kind of write oh, some yeah. brief notes on what happens. And I have like a lot of notes for what happened in this episode. Um, there's a lot this one the next one are a lot and you know they they post somebody post the full transcripts too Mm. i've seen those recently i i haven't i don't know if that's new but you can see the entire script yeah not the official script but somebody's actually transcribed all of it yeah i think like if you actually look at like the scripts they say are like two or three times the regular script just because everything is so compact uh Dialogue-wise. The, the pace of the dialogue, yeah. Yeah. That's the yeah. signature of Aldino signature, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Luke uh, Luke and Lorelai kind of, like, uh, Luke comes to the tour at the end, and um, Suki tries to set up Lorelai with the poultry guy, and then she kind of makes a play at Luke to, like, pretend so that, Shell, I think his name is, will get off her back. Right. Um, that kind of prompts Luke to go buy some self-help books. So, which I thought mm-hmm. was kind of one of the funniest parts of the episode was him just responding to the book and the audiobook portion of right. it. Right, and then it says, I know that you think this is silly, but... <laughs> yeah. It was like, this book was made for Luke. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes to the bookstore and then he's like not wanting to show the book because, you know, he knows it's going to be all around town what book he was buying. Yeah. Yeah, and then he gives him a hundred dollars. And the guy's like, well, "Do you have porn?" He's like, "You thought I brought porn from home to buy at your bookstore?" Hmm? Yeah. Well, then he, um, 
you know, Luke, uh, Luke goes and buys it. And then, yeah, he's just basically yelling at the, at the book, which I thought was great. Right. Right. Yeah. It looks like it's okay if you don't, if he's like, I'm not going to say that that's ridiculous. He's like, it's okay if you're not ready to say it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking. And then he gives it to Jess. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. He gives it to Jess because he's, uh, he's converted. Well, I thought it was kind of funny that like, I'm sure there was more to this book than, that but he got his one takeaway mm. and he's like i'm done i don't need this anymore and i'm like i think there's maybe some other stuff you could learn from this but nope he had his one goal apparently which was to figure out who he likes and uh he's figured it, it that out. was powerful enough yeah but yeah. and we can and that's the that's the mental health part we can talk about is the visualization part mm-hmm. um, you know how basically there's this thing in, in um a type of therapy called solution focused therapy where it's called the magic question is what would things be like if they were well? And that's kind of what they do in this book is they say, you know, picture, you know, who you would call about things or who you would share good news with. And, mm-hmm. and for him, you know, that person already existed was Lorelai. So, um, so there's something for, there's something to that, you know, visualizing what you would like to see in your life. Mm-hmm. But uh, it works because yeah, he, ha- he has this moment, he even goes, whoa, which I thought was pretty great. Right. It's very on brand yeah. for him. I like guess this is a big mm-hmm. moment, and all he can say is, whoa. Right. But, and you know exactly what he was thinking of. Yeah. 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 Because we've seen it the whole time, right? But Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, he's he hasn't quite figured it out well up until now. And then um, Lorelai kind of seems a little bit in denial, too, even though, like, Suki and others kind of pointed mm-hmm. out to her. But, you know, I think you got a real impetus now, because now Luke's kind of like... No, he's read the books. He's starting to put a little more action. He even asked Lorelai to go to listen to TJ's mm-hmm. wedding, which, by the way, right. listen to TJ are getting married. That, that, that's the thing. <laughs> but That's the thing, and it's all renaissance, which we'll see in the next episode. Yeah. These two episodes really flow together well. Like, they some do. of the episodes, that they kind like of... Yeah. yeah, they don't really, like, tie together much, but these two really worked out together pretty well. Because, I mean, you have, like, mm-hmm. the, the arc of the Liz and TJ wedding. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they want Jess to come, but he doesn't want to come. So Luke goes and visits him at his mangy rundown apartment, which right. Luke was really which, just ripping this place to shreds, which justified which the slope. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I mean, Luke keeps a pretty respectable place. You know, he, he keeps things kind of orderly and neat and stuff. And, and, but you know it's interesting. I wouldn't, I don't know if they use the same set as they did for Lane's apartment pre, zhuzhing, but mm. the apartment looks a lot like Lane's inside. Oh, that'd so be. I was kind of wondering if they use the same set. Mm. I mean, you would think that they probably would, right? Because it's an empty, you know, like it's all yeah. this liminal space. Um, but I just thought that was funny. I'm like, wait, this looks like Lane's place. That's funny. Because at first I was like, are we gonna see Lane coming around the corner? But yeah, yeah. so, yeah, he and it turns out that that um, you know. Jess, maybe justifiably, is kind of not feeling it because he's like, he's been through this so many times with his mom. And yeah. then there's also some anger there about her, you know, feeling, him feeling like she's, she abandoned him. Which, you know, I mean, there's, there may be something to that. You know, she kind of just dropped him off with, with uh, Luke. Yeah. A couple seasons ago, so. And he comes, but, you know, I think he, he does it more for Luke. He doesn't do it for her. He does it because right. Luke lets him know that it's important for him. Right. And I think that's, yeah. And I think that's the thing is that, you know, he's, 
Jess acknowledges how much Luke has done for him. Yeah. And I think that's the first time that we see that so uh, transparently that, that he's acknowledging that, oh yeah, you're the reason why I was able to kind of have the life I have. Mm-hmm. Like his mom gave him life, but Luke has raised him in large part. Yeah, and like I think Luke's kind of like the male figure he's never had. So for him right. to like have someone like Luke that he can kind of aspire to, you know, I think a lot of men mm-hmm. kind of like to have some sort of older man in their life to kind of aspire mm-hmm. to and live up to. So I think for right. him, like, you know, that's not anyone re- anyone reliably. I mean, it's probably not going to be DJ, but, uh, you know, right. I think he sees that a little bit in Luke. So, mm-hmm. and, and Luke is curmudgeonly and stuff, but, you know, he's, He's got a good head on his shoulders, you know. He's got he's pretty sensible and pragmatic. Yeah. Well, um, even too, like Jess is starting to kind of grow up a bit too. Like when mm-hmm. we first star- saw him, he was very confrontational, very kind of like I don't know, he had a big chip on his shoulder, but you kind of see that starting to fade away a little bit. Um, he has less of a chip on his shoulder, yeah. 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 Um but yeah, so Liz and TJ are getting married. They even have a um, bachelor party for TJ, which was at a strip club, which I thought was funny because Luke would not sit down because he goes, well, if I don't give him a lap, there's no lap dance, which I was like. Right. And then the other guy, then the fiance like goes in this whole like, you know, I guess it's like a drunk philosophical rant. Yeah. Classic <laughs> when people TJ. are drinking, then they come up with like these things that they feel are like really deep. Um, you know, about the, does the lap really exist if it's not there when you stay? <laughs> I don't even and know if that's him like, drunk, because he just says stuff like that. Like, even... Oh, he does? Really? That's just him? Yeah. Okay. Like, even in the next episode, when, like, he has a, the wedding, he's like, they shouldn't call him tights, they should call him air pants. And I'm like, I think he just... Oh, yeah. He's just constantly he just thinking these things. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't drinking, okay. Yeah. Um... It, it, it's funny that you mentioned the uh, apartment being uh, like Lane's apartment. It would have been funny if just Gil just walked in. He's like, hey, I'm Gil. Hey, everybody. What's the next show? <laughs> this is a, sadly an episode where Gil does not appear. Hate to tell y'all. No. But no, no Gil in this episode. I just saw Sebastian Bach's in concert. He's doing, um, I saw him on Ticketmaster. Oh, really? So, yeah, Gil may be coming to a city near you. Yeah. And then just go up to him and be like, hey, Gil. He'd be like, what? That's not my name. But... Oh, I'm sure he responds to Gil. What do you want to bet that he has so many people call him Gil still? I would love if he yeah. called him Gil and he's just like, hey, I'm Gil. It's exactly like how he says I could, it. I could see, I could probably see him doing that because, I mean, his character is such a positive part of the show. Yeah. So it, I think that it's, it's, he's just like this guy that you just can't help but like. Yeah. I mean, and he's making out with his own wife, which is really nice to see, you know, because how often, do you, how often do they portray in TV shows, married people are just all over each other? Not yeah. often. No, right? no, no. Well, I guess kind of Liz and TJ, but they're, they're just getting married. So time right, to tell. Right. I mean, um, like they, like Gil and Gil and his wife have been together for a while. It sounded like, so, yeah. I did uh, think it was funny after the party because Luke and TJ and Jess get into a bit of a scuffle. And uh, mm-hmm. Luke brings Jess back to the diner and he's talking to him about, you know, like, oh, you know, let's talk about Philip and all this. <laughs> Jess is like, where are you getting all this from? I thought it was great because it's like, yeah, 
you know i like too that he's like well i've just lived that's life and i'm like uh right. no technically you got it from the book you you started reading but that's okay yeah right we'll, we'll give you this one luke but right. uh, yeah it's great where he's just starting to put like he's buying into it yeah yeah and then uh yeah he goes and asks out lorelei to go to listen to tj's wedding very much a date and she agrees Mm-hmm. And he's so excited that he goes and gives uh, just the book and, and audio yeah. tape. So because he's like mission accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah the you... audio tape. I thought that was interesting. It was an audio tape. Yeah. Which again, I was like, I think, I think there might be more to this book than that. But you know what? I'll give him this. So. But you know, sometimes we pick up books and we get what we need from them, and then we pass them along, and that's okay too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Dean and Lindsay are caught fighting. So they're obviously not in public I mean, yeah not public but at the end oh even i think it would be even worse it's even worse than public because yeah technically dean's working and she just comes to his work and starts arguing with him like eh, that's not a good look right but they're young so i guess it's so like, they obviously have some some incompatibilities as far as time spent with each other money that needs to be made budgeting i mean this gets into a whole bunch of stuff if they got married really quickly yeah and young and what is what does marriage mean at that age? And uh, you know, there are I mean, people can have successful marriages and they get married young. It's just this seemed to be like overnight. Uh, oh yeah. As a reaction to that fight that happened at the party where he's fighting with Jess about Lori. Like, literally, was, like, the next episode, reaction. he's like, "We're getting married." It's like, what? We're getting married, right? Right. So you wonder maybe Lindsay gave an ultimatum. Uh, but you know, and yeah. even you know, there's stuff building because you know, there's that thing of. She, the last episode or the episode before that, you know, Lindsay sees Rory badmouthing her. Well, and Rory brings up, oh, well, she needs to just get a job. And, you know, that's one thing that she brings up in this fight is, well, I'm home waiting for you and you're not coming home. And I'm like, didn't you guys talk about how he was going to be working? But maybe it's that he's working at the end. Well, and that's the issue. And, like, I don't know. I don't know who is right or wrong because I feel like. There's a little bit of both, to be honest. But there's a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. Like I do feel like, in a way, like, yes, you know, if you want, like, as Dean says, if you want these things, they cost money. How do we make money? You work. Like it's right. as simple as that, right? Right. Um, but then also, now why too, Lindsay isn't working? Yeah. Is well, then curious. Dean gets controlling, which is very. Uh, appropriate for Dean. for Dean yeah mm-hmm. when he's like when are you coming home like and all this and I'm like oh Dean and then she doesn't tell him which I thought that was her being assertive you know like well whatever yeah, yeah I'll be home when I want to be or whatever I'm like mm, okay I mean I can't tell who escalated I think they I think they escalate each other they do yeah and, and I think for Dean the biggest thing is that Lindsay's not worried well I think like even last episode where he said to Rory, like, yeah, she told me I can't see you anymore, but I don't want to do that. Like, okay, you're very blatantly right. going against what your wife has asked you to do. It like, might be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we, so we see in the next episode where this is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Asher gets angina. Which I guess is like a mild form of a heart attack, and yeah, it's like chest pains. Yeah. yeah. So and then yeah, and um, Paris comes to terms with the fact that you know he's he's on a different life trajectory than she is. 
Yeah. But they ultimately... It sounds like she's going to break up with him. Hmm? Well, it sounded like she was going to, and then it seems like they worked it out. Because she's like, yeah, we're still going to talk about going to wherever. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, he kind of addressed it, right? Like, he kind of said something. I mean, he alluded to the fact that, you know, that he's... You know, he's going to have some stuff that he goes through. I can't remember what exactly the dialogue was, but there was a... Like, he basically called it out and said, yeah, this must have been scary or something to that effect mm. where he said it before she did and that kind of made her back off on the splitting up thing. Yeah. Yeah, they seem to work it out, more or less. So, mm -hmm. I mean, good for them. And uh, then the daughter shows up and it turns out it's the granddaughter. So the granddaughter is not much older than Paris, it looks like. No. I thought it was funny, too, that Rory thought it was, like, another girl. And she's like, you can have them in a bit. And I'm like... Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, I was trying to figure out why she was saying, but you're right. She thinks it's, like, another student. Yeah. Yeah, another one of his girls or whatever. So, Which, I mean, it could be that this... Oh, go ahead. We did get that teased in the last episode with Doyle was like, oh, yeah, he's got a we girl kind of every other... Yeah. So... Right. So we were kind of set up for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I was like, at first I was like, wow, Rory's being really rude, but I'm like, no, she's kind of heard things, so I guess it's not that unfathomable to... Right, say. but it's almost kind of rude. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. then I was wondering, well, maybe there is kind of something to Asher in Paris. That maybe he really does kind of care for her. Um, but yeah. again, you know, you've got the power differential, which I keep going back to, that this is a relationship founded on a power inequality. But anyways, <laughs> back to Gilmore Girls. Yeah. So... Yeah. So they're planning on going to, what, Oxford, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, Lorelai and Lorelai and the rest of the staff decide that they're going to sleep with the zucchini to keep it fresh for the an opening. So and... this would kind of irritate me about Lorelai. If Suki was going to make onion soup, what Lorelai seems so bent helmet on this zucchini soup. Who cares? If you can't get the vegetables for it, so she was willing to have Jackson sleep in a field. I guess that's Jackson's choice. But she mm. seemed to be very kind of um, rude about the, no, you're making this thing. And I'm like, well, maybe Sookie's telling you she can't. Yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like one of, not one of... Lorelai's uh, best moments. Yeah. yeah. Like, to me, it, it seemed a little odd that, like, what, you need to get zucchini from here? Like, you know... I'm thinking in my yeah. mind, I'm like, could you not just be like, okay, this zucchini needs to bust. Let's go to the store and get some. Like, go to Dozie's Market <laughs> yeah, and buy some zucchini. Exactly. Like, does it? Why does it need to come from this one particular Wait, patch? Do you have an exclusive produce contract with Jackson? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, this just seems a little weird. Like, I get it. Like, I don't know. Maybe the, like, it, it furthered it's, the... it's better zucchini, but it just felt weird. I don't know. Right. So. Right. But they got their zucchini, so it all is saved. Yay. Yeah. Right. And miraculously, everyone ailment was fixed. Like, Michelle had a bad back. Not anymore. Zucchini cured it. You know, stuff like that. I forget what the others were. I just remember Michelle had a bad back. Uh, sleeping, so. on the, sleeping outside and the thing. Yeah. 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 And yeah. I knew Michelle had a bad back. He's never mentioned this before, but apparently he does. No. They, but they... Probably because he doesn't have a desk or a chair. Maybe it's maybe just they just made that up on the spot. He's like, "What does Michelle have?" Oh, let's give, say he had a bad back or something. Right, but, I can see him doing that. Yeah, yeah. Come up with your your ailment du jour. Yeah, 
that uh, that's the episode. Uh, you know what? It's interesting. This episode was co-written by both Amy Sherman Palladino and Daniel Palladino. So I got that flavor from the fast dialogue and then also some of the rudeness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got a little <laughs> Daniel Palladino shining through. Right, As you know, right. we're not big fans of him, but oh well. Is this the one with the, with the movie where they were saying fat over and over again? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, because that's where... Mm, uh, I know that's where... No, I think it's the next episode because I think that's when Rory comes home. I think she hasn't come home yet. Uh, yeah, Rory comes home, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's the next episode, okay. Yeah. And then she's like... Because some... we know he's, had, he's made comments. His scripts have made comments about body image before. Yeah. So I was... Well, like, I know there's one part in the revival where that comes up and people bring it up as if it's brand new. And I'm like, no, watch the show. It pops up quite a bit. Like, you know, we all know yeah. who the culprit is, but yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Someone should just honestly go up to Daniel Palladino and just body shame him. Just be like, what is, what's so great about you? Like, oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like a reasonable solution. <laughs> what's so great about your body, Daniel? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not seeing anything impressive here. I don't know. Well, it's interesting because Amy Sherman Palladino doesn't she have a background in dance or ballet, and that's how she came up with bunheads. Yeah. So you know there is in dance culture there is an issue with um, eating disorders. Mm. So I wonder how much of that is informed by her own personal histories of being a dancer. Yeah. Um, which by the way, Michael DeLuise, who plays TJ, also appear, appeared in Bunheads. So there you go. Oh, and that's, I think that's Dom DeLuise's son, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's uh, appeared a lot of stuff off and on, I think. Well, it is kind of, well, we'll get to the trivia in the next episode. There was a, basically a whole DeLuise family reunion in that in the next episode. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so they're actually at the wedding? Oh, that's neat. They're, well, kind of. We'll, we'll talk about it in the next episode, but there, but there's some okay. DeLuise's popping up. Um. Uh. Yeah, who was your favorite, least favorite performance in this episode? My favorite was Luke. I thought that just the whole facial expression of when he realizes it's Lorelai, I thought it was perfect because it was so on brand for him. It was just like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> and he I, doesn't question it. He's just like, okay. Hmm? I have to go with Luke as well. I think it's because, like, mm-hmm. so much is riding on him in this episode because it's him basically yeah. realizing that he really he cares romantically for Lorelai. And so it's all in his face. It's all in his performance. And yeah, sure. He's, he's making fun of this thing for like a good part of the episode, but it finally dawns on him. Like, no, like, like he finally figures it out. He's like, Whoa. Right. Yeah. And then just this whole talk with, with uh, Jess about this isn't about your mom. It's about me. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. Yeah. I mean, this was a really good episode for Luke. There's, there was a lot of good performances in this episode, but I think, like, just for all the stuff they gave uh, Scott Patterson, who plays Luke, like, this was really his episode, so. And again, I think this is his, this was his first role, I think. Yeah, or one of his first. I mean, he probably had some, yeah, like, guest does. starring roles, but, like, this was his big this role. Is a, yeah, and again, isn't this the, the case where he was supposed to come on for an episode or two and... and and he got such a good reception as a character that they kept him on. Yeah. He was only That's supposed to be I mean, like talking about a happy accident. Yeah. 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 So he did such a good job. And he really you know, did. he might, he, it, he just seems like, it seems like, like 
he would be very close to to the character in real life. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, that's how that's how good his acting is. Is it's like, well, obviously he's like this in real life. <laughs> I, I think he's a, if you watch him in interviews, like he is not as grumpy as Luke, but mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's not as curmudgeon. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, very similar in a lot of ways. Like just very respectful and calming presence. So. Mm-hmm. And who is your least favorite? And he observes. I think Luke observes a lot, and I noticed he, that that the actor does that. And and uh, you know, he speaks when he's got something to say, and he doesn't talk. Yeah. Just randomly. But yeah, who who is your least favorite? Least I said Paris. That whole thing about um, you know, have him. You know, I I have to talk to Rory, so people don't think that I'm coming to see Asher. You know, and and I'm like, don't you see enough of him outside of school? Yeah. That felt... No, I don't know. Like, just oh, go ahead. That felt a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest. I don't. I didn't like the whole Angina storyline. That felt like filler to me. Like, it felt it... like like a like a D plot. Like it wasn't. Yeah. Even like, well, and I feel like to the writers oftentimes probably feel like we have to give something for Rory to do. Otherwise, like, right. You know, what right. are we doing, right? And then it's like, right. I think it's fine. Sometimes we can have an episode where there's no Rory or no Lorelai. It's not the end of the world, but... I mean, I'm wondering if in their contracts, does it state that they are to, sh- to be in so many episodes? I think so. It has to be, because okay. it feels like it, right? But Yeah. Yeah. But we uh, could say goodbye to Janet, and I think maybe... we. I don't know if we see Tana again, but, you know, then Rory's packing up the, the dorm, right? Or is that mm. next up? Up the yeah, thing. she's packing up for the next episode. I think that's where they say goodbye to everybody. Not this episode, okay. but the next one. Again, okay. sometimes these things kind of bleed together, but... Yeah. Um, My least favorite... I'm going to say Lindsay. I don't know. I just felt like there mm-hmm. wasn't enough in her performance to make me care about her. Like... Yeah, they kind of punched that up a little bit. Yeah. Like, I needed somebody who's, like got some genuine issues with Dean. And from what I could tell, she's basically like, I want to go party and you're making us money. Why don't you, why can't you come? And it's like, it was very, yeah, it's very shallow. It was very, kind of stereotypical kind yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm There's sure, and I'm sure Lindsay is, is, you know, fine most times, but I don't know. Just didn't get a They're thinking you're out to be kind of a villain. Yeah, especially when it comes to, like, I think the uh, difference with, like, everything that's going on between uh, Rory and Dean. She's, they're kind of setting her up as, like, in between Rory and Dean when, like, reality is she's married to Dean, married. not Rory. Like, Rory is the villain not in this. Like, she's the antagonist that's potentially destroying this relationship, not... Well, and Dean also, too, that he has a responsibility to his marriage. So, yeah. um, But I can see where this is going to go that they're going to blame whatever interaction they have, they're going to blame Lindsay instead of taking responsibility. Yeah. I think that's what this is setting up for. I think so, too. Uh, It's just, I don't know. It's just very strange. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. Um,. Favorite reference from this episode? Do you have a favorite? Um, I liked, I like when they mentioned. I think Luke said something like, "Well, 
What, they got dinner or something, and Luke's like, oh yeah, I didn't get my reservation at Le Cirque. Um, mm. Le Cirque's a really famous restaurant that was in New York, and it was open in 74 and closed in 2018. And they tried to open in 2020, but you know, the pandemic hit. Um, yeah. Very famous restaurant. Um, and when they, they relocated another pa- part of Manhattan in 2006, they actually made a documentary about it. I mean, this mm. is like the restaurant. So they, as of now, are closed. So. Okay. That's sad. But they closed in 2018 because they, they had their rent got so high in their building. Mm. Uh, and then the founder of the restaurant passed away. So it looks like they're going to try and open. But okay. I just thought that was interesting they mentioned Le Cirque because I was like, that's like the the restaurant. So um, if, you're, if you're a fan of Zagat's guys, Le Cirque is, is the place to be. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I had a really good laugh when, um, um, what's his name? God, Milo Ventimiglia. Jess. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jess comes up and he uh, says to Luke, he goes, so what are you listening to nowadays? Jeffrey Tall, Jeffrey Tall, or Jeffrey Tall? Oh, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. That was my second favorite performance. Hmm? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I've always been a fan of Jess, but I I can see why some people don't like him after that whole party episode from a couple seasons back. Yeah. Yeah. Or a season ago, yeah, I think it was like last season. But like, he's also still likable too. He is, and I think you kind of get him growing up a bit in this, and like he's mm-hmm. he's growing up. He's, you know, even we see in the next episode, he's reading that book, so he's starting right. to kind of be a bit more of somebody that you can rely on and count on, whereas before he wasn't. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so they could have done something like that with Lindsay, made her a little more dimensional. Yeah, we didn't get that with her though. She just kind of like seemed—I no. don't know—it just seemed like she was just being being very whiny, like, like babyish. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, I need a little more from her. Like, if she is, you right. know, what they're setting her up to be, which is kind of like a bit of an antagonist to Rory and Dean, give her a little bit more. Like, give her a reason why she's this way. Like. Like, it could have been that, that Dean didn't say that he was going to work. He could have just left. Yeah. But yeah. they don't even address that. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe that could be a deleted scene or whatever. But it'd be nice if it was, like... It seems like, like Lindsay was just harassing him kind of for... It, it seemed kind of nebulous as to why she had a problem if he was working. <laughs> but... Yeah. Yeah, you know, if she had said something like, you told me... You, you said that you're going to be home and you're working and you should have called me or something. I mean, that would have been means something to work with i i think it would have been interesting if like um maybe dean's working and maybe he calls rory and then like she catches him calling rory and she's like what oh yeah you know like give give her something i don't know it just seems like Mm -hmm. she's just like i can see what they're trying to do with her but i just think a the right. performance and B the writing are just not that great. So like just pure antagonist isn't very interesting. No. And realistically too, like out. you have Emily who is sometimes an antagonist, but same time too, you feel bad for her a lot of the time because she is also right. a victim in a lot of ways. So. Three dimensional. Yeah. 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 I don't get that with Lindsay yet. I get the I get it no. more that she's just in the way of things, but I don't understand what she's what right. her like pain points like she's are. not guilty of anything no but like yeah i don't know or it would have been interesting if like she maybe picks up on the fact that he's working at 
Lorelai's in and is like, hey, Lorelai's the daughter or the mother of Rory. Like, I see what's going well, on here. Like, you can't. Lindsay work here. are in one episode. Lindsay brings her mom in, and they bring and and Lorelai says, yeah, that the mom and Lindsay bring in dinner or lunch to Dean every day at the end. Yeah. So the whole thing is very kind of like, huh? <laughs> so. Yeah. Or maybe maybe Lindsay's just over him working at the end. Maybe it's like he's putting in more time than she thinks he needs to. Like he could find another job, but he's working at the end. So. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. What's your favorite quote. My favorite quote. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the thing about the porn when Andrew's like, "What well, you got?" their loot porn he's like you sell porn no you think i brought my own porn in here to buy that was pretty funny <laughs> to buy it <laughs> yeah I thought, <laughs> I thought that was great what about you i i like the one where um where lorelei's kind of like i don't know if i can do this thing with the end you know that that kind of i think whenever you're going on a big venture it all of a sudden hits you like can i do this and i thought that um she says, maybe I can't handle it. And she says to Luke, do you think I can handle it? And I thought that was a really good way to sum up their relationship is that she needs some reassurance from him, but also she trusts him enough that if he says that she can handle it, she's pretty assured that she can handle it. I just thought that was a really nice interchange between them because we all have that friend that if that friend says that we can handle it, we're good. And I thought mm-hmm. that was a really nice way to describe their relationship, especially with all the stuff happening between them now. Yeah that he's like her rock yeah so yeah and like i don't know jason hasn't been in an episode for a while now and like oh yeah and that's the other thing wasn't it surprising to i i was surprised to find out that luke didn't know about jason yeah i was like what you guys haven't like talked about it or anything or well i think like the big thing is that um I think there was a point where somebody asked uh, Lorelai why she hadn't told Luke and she says like oh you know like we just don't talk about these things which I think to me they avoid yeah yeah so it's just a little little weird yeah uh, maybe it's this thing a don't ask don't tell thing that they have or also you know he was going through his divorce so maybe she just didn't want to bring it up yeah so or maybe that makes them look more unavailable to each other and they want to look available. I don't... Yeah, I think it just also is like, I think because they they must know that they have some level of attraction towards each other that they just don't talk mm-hmm. about these things. I mean, right. also admittedly right. too, like, there has been a few times where they've talked about it and it's kind of gotten a little out of hand. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Like, one gets pretty upset or the other gets pretty upset, so... Right. It's almost like, let's not go there. Yes, exactly. So, I got that impression, too, that, like, maybe they just both are the kind of people that just kind of, like, they know what kind of reaction it's going to get out of the other person, so they just kind of don't Mm -hmm. bring it up. But then, like, yeah, in this episode, like, Luke, Luke finds out that she was seen, um someone and he, he's fine with it he's like yeah that's what i kind of figured so then i am she's available she's and now they're both back. available so yeah. which yeah I, I think for me i was like thank goodness we can just get get over with this 
this is stuff that's just like <laughs> well you know that's gonna be drag i can tell you it's gonna be dragged out a long time i can guarantee you because yeah. that's like that's like their cash cow right is like banking on you know what's gonna happen with the two of them so they're not gonna get them together so quickly i think mm, you think yeah that's the that's the big thing in, in shows right is like that coupled with all the sexual tension once they get together the show usually tanks mm. right so yeah like i'm thinking like two 80s shows cheers moonlighting that's exactly what happened oh yeah when the couple finally got together then the shows were done yeah i mean not maybe not cheers so much but moonlighting took up the ratings dive i think cheers i think we yeah cheers is kind of a weird show and that show like brought in different actors and cast and whatnot and like throughout its like run Shelley there was long a... left yeah. Yeah, like a bunch of people left, and like Shelley Long left, and they brought in some other some new people, and you know, uh, Kirstie Alley. Yeah, yeah, Kirstie Alley came on, so like it's kind of interesting in that like it's not as simple as oh, you know, this person blah blah blah, you know, got uh, you know let go. Like compared to other shows, that show changes cast quite a bit. So, but still, the writing was always fresh. Too. Yeah. yeah. I forget how it started in 82 and I did it run into the, I'm sure it ran into the 90s, I think. Yeah, I think so. But it still had the same core cast, too. Well, then Woody Harrelson came in, too. I mean, all the, the great people that were on that show. Mm hmm. So if anybody hasn't seen Cheers, if you're a youngin and you haven't seen it, you'll probably enjoy it. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, behind the scenes trivia from this episode. Let's see what there is. Because there is quite a few. Um, okay. Uh, oh, um, I think it maybe was this episode where they were watching Fatso. Now that I think about it. So, Daniel Paladino's signature. Yeah. Well, also because my trivia that I was teasing for next episode isn't listed for this one. So... There we go. But apparently, all there's three members of the DeLuise family that you can watch in this episode. So there's Michael DeLuise, who plays TJ, David DeLuise, who plays TJ's brother, and then their father, Dom DeLuise, was in the movie Fatso, and they showed him in a scene. Dom DeLuise. Oh, but he's not in the Gilmore Girls, but he's in the movie. Oh, so yeah. they added him. But I think, when did he pass away? I think, he's, I think it was maybe before this. I think it might have been, yeah. Um, the scene with Asher in the hospital was some filmed where they filmed ER. So. Oh, really? That would be yeah. great if they had the ER doctors in the background. Oh, because it's yeah. being filmed around the same time. Yeah. Because that ran from, what, middle 90s to later 2000s? Mm-hmm. Uh, in case anyone's curious, Luke's license plate is 386K2L. So, I wonder if that means numerology. Yeah, now I'm thinking, I'm like, hmm. He's a bit of a dork, so I could see it being like a Star Trek reference or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, because he's a Trekkie, yeah. So Dom DeLuise died in 2009, so he was alive at the time of the filming of this. Yeah, I mean, he was probably uh, quite old, but yeah. Um, maybe he was just like, I'm not into doing it. Or, you know, he was on vacation. Mm-hmm. So, so who was the... Which son was the... Um, uh david fiance oh michael david. deluise was tj and then david was the brother 
And then there's Peter DeLuise, too. So I guess all, yeah. all three of them are actors. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Any uh, mental health observations from this episode? I think that the looking at that that recording, I think that you know he says, I think Luke says something like, "Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not in, into having an Oprah moment yet, or something." Mm. That you know that self help stuff, and I, it, but what that recording does, I know like it starts sounding kind of goofy, but there's something to visualizing how you would like things to be, or even writing down if you feel kind of stuck, which I think everybody at some point in their life feels kind of stuck. Uh, if you write down, you know, what would I like my life to look like? Yeah. It can be a really insightful exercise to do. And that's basically what they're telling him to do is yeah. to, you know, think about who you would like to see in your life. And I mean, there's that, there's that concept like, you know, your soulmate, but you know, we could have several different soulmates too. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I know like one of the people I work with is millennial was telling me about, you know, like one itis is thinking that you only have this one person for you and it kind of traps you into things. Um, but if you're looking for a type of person uh, or characteristics of someone, sometimes what I recommend people do, especially after they've ended a relationship, is write down a list of what you're looking for in someone. Get as specific mm. as possible. And then if you meet somebody and, you know, when your hormones are going and you think you're falling in love, check that list and see how much they match up to that list. Because sometimes, uh, you know, love can be this temporary form of insanity. And so in the beginning of a relationship, and so you can be like, oh, well, you're an axe murderer. I can totally work with that. So you want to check this list to see how accurate that is for who you've met to see if they really fit like who your ideal mate is. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So come up with a list and, and keep it positive instead of like, doesn't interrupt me, you know, like, you know, speaks to me respectfully and that kind of thing. So, but what I've noticed is that when people do that list, they usually find that person um, fairly soon after they make these lists. So, okay. So you got to kind of narrow down what you're looking for. Yeah. Which is basically what this recording did for luke yeah and i also say too like good on luke for actually like just trusting his instincts you know i think a lot of times mm -hmm. people like second guess themselves or think like ah maybe but like he's pretty fully on board with this like he's a pretty introspective thinker yeah so yeah that's something i kind of appreciated about it so i was like yeah you know what like he he kind of you know yeah you know you could probably make the joke that he's probably like uh you know like you have to do that for the plot but i don't know i just kind of like the fact that he was very open-minded about it he just accepted what mm -hmm. he got out of that situation pretty openly so again you don't need to listen to the whole thing if you feel like you got what you needed out of something then you can kind of pass it along that's okay yeah you know there's saying in 12-step programs you take what you want and you leave the rest in this case he was like you know you're just yeah check this out yeah so cool uh let's see um i'm trying to take a look here and see yeah i think that's it for me oh, well, well i think also too with just too i think that's a really common reaction um if you've had a parent that has relationships that haven't worked out that maybe just got attached to um one or more of of her boyfriends or husbands and he's kind of over it i think that was a very normal reaction for jess to have he just doesn't want to set himself up for that again i could see that yeah because he's very he seems like a lot of what he does is out of like self-protection like he does it to protect himself. yes yeah he's got some pretty strong defense mechanisms yeah yeah 
which is not great, but at the same time too, like, you know. But I think everybody has them just to different degrees. Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay. Uh, what are you gonna give this episode a score of? I gave it an eight. I thought this was a pretty good episode. It had a lot of stuff, and I think it navigated all the different pieces pretty well. What do you think? I'm gonna give this. I give it a nine. I don't think it's as good. Wow. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as the next two episodes, but it's still pretty good. Oh, the next two episodes. Okay. Yeah, the next two are like are better. That's why I like in my mind. I'm like. I can't give this one a 10 because I, spoilers, but I'm going to give the next two episodes both a 10 because they're both perfect to me. But, I mean, I'll give this one a 9. It's still pretty good. It's not as good as the next two, but still pretty good. So what's a show, so if you like Gilmore Girls, what's a show that, in your opinion, people would like that's kind of similar to it or has the same kind of writing to it? I mean, there's not much. I mean, I would say probably... Um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but I don't feel as invested in the characters. Even that's that kind of, yeah. Like yeah. I can tell it's a well-made show. I just don't like the characters. Like I don't, I, like I don't have a Luke in that show or an Emily in that show. Mm-hmm. Like a character mm-hmm. that I really just gravitate towards. So, I mean, right. it's weird because I get asked that a lot, and I just think. There's no show oh, really? like this. Like, there's no yeah, show like Gilmore crazy. Girls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's probably part of the appeal, too, is, right? It's like, it's kind of like not none other. I mean, the amount of, like, the generations I see watching it together. And it's funny, the more I, I um, tell people that I host a podcast, they start, like, randomly quoting Gilmore Girls. I have no idea how many people watch the show. It's huge. It's a lot bigger than I think a lot of people realize. So. Yeah. Especially that this is, what, 10 years on? No, more than that. Because if this was filmed in, what, 2004? I'm yeah. not good with math, but was that, like, 15 years ago? Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> not good with math. Okay. Yeah. Every once in a while I can do math in my head, and it, like, really impresses me, and then it's gone. <laughs> Today is not what I can do math in my head. <laughs> yeah. I know, like, for me sometimes, like, I don't know. I'm like, gosh, how old is this a show? But the thing is, like, I've suggested this show to so many people, and everyone who I've suggested it to has watched the whole thing and actually enjoyed it quite a bit. It crosses, like, all all genre interests. It crosses all um, age ranges, I've noticed, too. Yeah. And even when people will tell me, like, yeah, I was kind of forced into watching this by my partner or something, like, they wind up watching it on their own. Yeah. It because they like it. Lot. Like they'll tell me, well, yeah, I watched it because it was under dress or whatever, and then they're like, yeah, but then I started watching on my own. Yeah, so. that's what happened with me. Like I was watching with a, a partner, and then yeah, it just was like I kind of want to finish this. I want to watch this for myself. So. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Oh yeah, and then I was telling Michael about, about I was talking about part of the show and something. He's like, oh yeah, is that the episode where? you know, Luke, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, how did you know? I go, oh, like, you know, did you, were you watching this because you're in a relationship with somebody they want to watch it? And he's like, no, he's like, I just really like it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and, it he, and he's like a sci-fi kind of adventure movie kind of person. So yeah, I think it kind of crosses over all different kinds of genres. Yeah, I think so. But um, yeah, we got some other great episodes ahead. So uh, yeah, 
Steph is over at stephysarkis.com. Gaslighting is the book, and Talking Brains is the podcast. And I'm over at threegreeners.com, where almost every other day we've got new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Bye.